It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Commanders was on hand in Washington when they got their mandatory minicamp started on Tuesday, and we heard from head coach Ron Rivera to kick it all off. What was said, seen, and our analysis right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Locked On Commanders is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. I'm David Harrison, writer covering the Washington Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My partner, Chris Russell, the rooster, is one half of the Russell and Medhurst show, which can be find, can be found on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time or anytime on the Odyssey app. To be fair, Chris, some probably feel like you should be fined from every every now and then. Uh, you can that. find us on Twitter at DHarrison82, at WrestleMania621, and at LO Commanders. Just watch and listen, and I will gladly pay some sort of nominal uh, fine. Once again, we thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and or your first watch of the day. Today's episode, David, is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Commanders listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use the promo code Locked On at check out. All right, David, earlier on Tuesday, we were live at Veteran Minicamp in Ashburn, Virginia at the Washington Commanders team headquarters where Ron Rivera spoke to us bright and early in the morning. He didn't bring bagels. He didn't bring coffee. He didn't bring orange juice. It was before practice. You and I were there. And Mm -hmm. as for a few big picture thoughts from the big boss man, uh, he said a lot of things. I don't know I don't know if we learned a whole lot more than we probably were already guessing or leaning towards, but what was your big picture takeaway from the head coach? I mean, really, it was just, it was kind of, it was exactly what I expected, right? So, uh, you know, I I wrote up a shell article the night before for, uh, for commanders country for, for the SI.com fan nation site that I write for. And it literally in the tag, like the, the headline didn't change. The tagline didn't change and the bulk of the body, of the article didn't change based on that Ron Rivera wanted to clear the air with media uh, before the practice got started so that after practice, the focus could be on football. Now, of course, and we'll get into this here in a minute, there were still, you know, topics brought up to, to the players and everything, as I'm sure they expected after practice, but by and large, the focus was football, right? And I think that's what uh, coach Rivera really wanted to get accomplished. He basically came out and said, look, you know, the, the fine was, was levied as a hundred thousand dollar fine. Uh, Levy to Coach Del Rio. Ron said that was his decision. That was that was what he wanted to do after speaking with Coach Del Rio, basically based off of what uh, the impact on the team was. And and he made it very clear this wasn't about 
you know, violating Coach Del Rio's First Amendment rights. It wasn't about even necessarily the words alone that Jack said. It was the impact that the words had on the organization. Now, what that impact really was, honestly, Chris, we don't know. We could, we could, we could estimate, we could make conjecture, we could assume some things, but uh, at the end of Ron Rivera's statement, he said, that's all I'm going to say about it. If you have football questions, we'll move into football. That's really it. So nobody really had the opportunity to say, okay, like what impact led to the fine specific, like what happened within the organization after Wednesday's comments that led to this fine? Because if it's not just the words alone, again, what happened inside the walls of the organization that led to the fine? That's something that honestly, Ron Rivera probably wouldn't have answered anyway, but because he kind of shut the door on that part of the conversation anyway, really weren't able to get an answer on that part of it. All right, David. Yeah, I apologize uh, You know, for that. Uh, here's the thing. Ron, Ron called it a distraction, but honestly, I think it was, I'm going to use stronger words. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare for Ron to deal with. It was a nightmare for the organization to deal with. It was a nightmare for players to have to go through. Uh, and certainly from us in the media and the fan base, right? Nobody wanted to be talking about this. Zero people. And Ron went to a family wedding, I believe his son, like overseas, and had to be dealing with this while doing that. Yeah. And again, people can sit here and say whatever they want whatever political affiliation, whatever they view, it doesn't matter. It's over, you know, whatever. They made the decision and they tried to explain it as, again, not a violation of his free speech, meaning Jack Del Rio's, but again, because of a distraction, I'll call it a nightmare. Here's the one rap that I'll take from this. I'm not exactly sure why Ron went as deep as he did after, again, he tried to shut it down several times, several mm -hmm. times on the First and Second Amendment. I mean, he did a sermon like I haven't heard uh, on, on two amendments uh, to the Constitution. I mean, especially the Second Amendment, uh, amendment gun yeah. control versus gun safety. I, I mean, I was just blown away. I was standing there like, wait, is this real life? Is he a football uh, coach? Yeah. It, like, it was crazy. Um, I would have liked Ron to not be as rigid uh, on – you know, the football questions and and the Jack questions and just answer them short and briefly and without mm -hmm. a whole lot of detail as opposed to trying to shut them down. But I couldn't, I just couldn't believe I was getting a, 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 a sermon in the First and Second Amendment, especially the Second Amendment part. I was like, whoa, what is this? That was a little surprising at first when you started talking about the Second Amendment. But, you know, again, it's a social topic that has come up, unfortunately, again, in this country that a lot of people are talking about. And I think we're Coach Rivera. And again, I don't want to put you know words into his mouth for him. So just to be clear, this is what I think is is what kind of sparked that that kind of that kind of trail off that we had there. Um, as you know, he, he was talking about moving forward as a team and the team is going to move forward with one goal in mind, work together uh, to get past the issue and, and to get back to business. And that's what they wanted to do, which is which is great. Um, and, and, you know, again, the Second Amendment right now is being talked about in gun control versus gun safety. And the government is, and, you know, hopefully people are working bipartisan bills are being presented and and all these other things. So I think what he was trying to do is kind of tie in the like, look, our country is doing it. Our team is doing it. Let's all kind of do it together. And it kind of trailed off into this. Second Amendment, you know, conversation because he recently read an article. I don't know if it was written by a veteran or a veteran was just interviewed or quoted in it, whatever it was. But a veteran had, was talking about gun control uh, and all this other stuff. So it was interesting to him and kind of 
you know, probably something he didn't plan on talking about. He even said at one point, like he went deeper into that than he intended to. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I see the connection basically just trying to emphasize the teamwork uh, in moving past conflict instead of continuing to revolve around it. And, you know, um, you know, there's there's going to be disappointment that Ron didn't say more. There's going to be some people who wanted him to maybe criticize Jack more publicly and 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 all that. There's some people people who think that the fine was was uh, egregious. And I think really at the end of the day, from Coach Rivera's standpoint and PR standpoint, there's really no right answer, right? Like in this type of a situation, he's at the podium. It's football practice. It's eight o'clock in the morning. They're about to go out there and run drills. There's nothing that Ron Rivera I don't think can do to make both sides of this conversation say, oh, you know what? We agree with what everything you're saying. We're happy now with the end result. So honestly, kind of cutting it off and saying, you know what? We're done. Everybody's already mad. We're not going to make you more mad. And we know we're not going to make you happy with one fail or you know, one, one slick press conference. So we're just going to give you what we have and we're going to move on uh, from here. And I think that's what they did. And speaking of people kind of dropping the gauntlet, Chris, and saying, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it. Terry McLaurin, uh, following through on the the uh the the projected or predicted holdout uh mm-hmm. not here on uh, on day 1 of mini camp. Yeah, and not expected to be on Wednesday or Thursday either. I mean, uh that's not a surprise at at this point. Um David, I I would I would say this. Um everybody has boiled this down to simply, well, they'll get it done. They're just far apart. This is a negotiation, all that stuff. Uh, I mentioned this on my solo episode Sunday night into Monday morning and uh, when we were separated. So I I don't know if you've already heard this diatribe, but I'll make it as quickly as I can. I think there's more here than just a contract extension, just a contract negotiation. I think Terry's a little annoyed, miffed, bothered, whatever, that they've added Curtis Samuel at a high price, Deami Brown in the third round, Dax Milne, in the sixth round last year or seventh round or whatever it was. And now Jahan Dotson in the first round, in the middle of the first round. And if it wasn't Jahan, it would have been somebody else. I think he's a little miffed annoyed that maybe in combination with that, Washington perhaps, and the belief that I've talked to some people with is that they are lowballing him, that they mm-hmm. started the negotiations way off of what the fair market price is, which I think most people would identify as somewhere in the neighborhood, plus or minus, of A.J. Brown's contract with now the Philadelphia Eagles. They acquired him by a trade. It's roughly about $25 million per year yeah. on an extension. That's believed to be, and the market would tell us, the neighborhood for Terry McLaurin. Well, if Washington, and I don't know this, is starting the negotiations at 18 or 19 or 20 million, that's way below what the believed market value is. And you combine those two things, and maybe Terry's getting a little annoyed. And I think he is. I mean, you know, it's 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 such a complex dance that these agents and these GMs and teams do, and and it's it's you know it, it's a possibility for sure. I mean, you look at like everything, and honestly, I hadn't even really thought about Deami Brown. I knew you know Curtis Samuel. I I don't think that would be alone would be enough to kind of ruffle Terry's feathers. You know, I think having a, a co a coworker or a co running mate to play with and you know a teammate uh, of his back in the day and all that stuff would be would be attractive. But then yeah, adding Deami Brown going out and adding Jahan Dotson. But from an organizational standpoint, I don't know, like this team also almost couldn't draft a defensive player. We talked about this in the build-up to the, to the, to the NFL draft. They had drafted so many defensive players right. in the first round. Like eventually you kind of think you have to dedicate something to the offensive side of the ball so they go do it. And when you look across the board, I mean, really, where are they going to draft a player on the offense in the first round? If it's not quarterback, it's probably going to be wide receiver, right? Um, so it kind of all comes, it comes and makes sense. 
I wonder about the lowballing thing too. You know, I mean, you wonder what what Terry's camp is asking for uh, as well. And then there are some contracts that help that, like Christian Kirk's contract is going to support Terry getting more money. But then you look at like Chris Godwin and the contract he ends up taking. I don't even say getting, ends up taking. Uh, but basically, I mean, we can chalk that up probably to the to the Brady effect, really. So, I mean, it's it's such a complex dance. And then it's not even so much just the annual average value, but also how much of that is guaranteed versus incentive based and all these other things. So uh, until either side, you know, uh, eventually leaks a number uh, to to somebody that's, you know, that's basically what we can go off of. But I mean, it certainly seems to make sense. It's, it's disappointing not to see him here. But I think the big thing Coach Rivera said is he's not necessarily concerned about it. Carson's a veteran. Terry's a veteran. We've seen Terry do better uh, to do well with worse quarterbacks and and less time to really get used to them as well. Mm -hmm. So I think as long as Terry is there for training camp, which, you know, you still have about a month or so to get him there. I think this is fine. Now, if we get into training camp and there's there's still a holdout, I think that's where you start getting a little bit worried. That will be the big question. And certainly one of the big issues we'll be tracking over the next couple of weeks. All right, David, coming up. A look at the commander's offense. That's right. We get to talk football, baby, from Tuesday's OTA practice. That's next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Uh, some players on the field, and we're going to do that thanks to our friends at BlueNile.com. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Commanders listeners, you get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. So again, use, use the promo code locked on at bluenow.com. That's promo code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenow.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for making Locked On Commanders your first listen and your first view each and every day. Guys, the ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th. That's right, that's coming up in just... A matter of days. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft, the Locked On NBA Big Board Draft Experts, plus the Odyssey Insiders first pick. Again, it's June 16th. Search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. All right, so David and I, again, we're on the ground for mandatory minicamp practice. We are expected to be there Wednesday and Thursday as well uh, as the Washington Commanders wrap up this part of the offseason. So, David, uh, for for our thoughts on what stood out from the offense, we always start, and we have to start, with Carson Wentz, the starting quarterback. I thought he was mostly good on, on Tuesday. Uh, I thought he was much better than he was 
last week. I don't remember a turnover. He he did hold on to the ball a couple of times, a little bit too long in my opinion, a couple of double pumps maybe holding on. Uh, again, just a little bit too long. One time he dumped one into the ground on a dead play because he didn't have anything. But I, I, I'll say this, and I'll start with this. Not only was he better today, but that's exactly the kind of decision I think they want him to make, and I want to see, and I, I think you'll want to see, instead of taking a bad sack that knocks him out of field goal position or making a dumb play like he did at the end of the Indianapolis-Tennessee game during the regular season last year in the shadow of his own end zone. I want him to live for another play and for them to live for another play as opposed to him making a bad decision. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. People are going to hear me say this a lot as we get through training camp. I hate 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 when quarterbacks take practice sacks meaning they're not getting hit but defenders are flying past them maybe even touching them on the shoulder real quick or, or some some defenders will actually run by and go sack and, and kind of signify that hey i would have got you if this was real contact and the quarterback stands there in the pocket and continues to let this happen finally fires the ball to a guy who's now open because the defensive back mm -hmm. just simply can't stay with the guy for that long and then celebrates yeah what a what a what a good play what a good throw now that's how carson did right he did take some practice sacks and then threw the ball anyway but there was no fist pumping or high-fiving or yeah we got him on that one guys um but you know again and and context matters right carson hasn't thrown to these guys since wednesday you know so you have about a week or so since he's last thrown to his receivers uh, at least in some sort of official capacity so it's okay you want to see the quarterback get loose get the arm going get the ball flying through the air a little bit i'm okay with that what I do like is, like you said, dumping the ball out on a dead play. Don't force it into traffic if you don't absolutely have to. Now, to a certain extent, this is where you want to see mistakes get made, right? If you want, if you have a four-interception day, you want to have a four-interception day at practice, not in the game. But you also would rather just see the no interceptions. And then, like you said, that's what we saw today was no interceptions for, from Carson Wentz. And uh, as insignificant or maybe significant it is, it's the first time that we have seen media, seen a practice from Carson Wentz that did not include an interception so that's at least some sort of a positive you know again not telling you to make him a first round pick in your fantasy league but it is something that i think is good and a much better performance from the last time we saw him last wednesday with again two interceptions and kind of helping lead deami brown uh into some unfortunate contact uh on the flip side chris i would say the worst quarterback of the day this today or on tuesday uh sam howell like yep. he he looked rough out there i mean mm -hmm. Uh, he looked like a rookie, which is is unusual because honestly, we we've, we've been saying he really hasn't looked like a rookie quarterback, but today he looked like a rookie. Yeah, no doubt about it. He was uh, intercepted. Um, yeah, and we were we were just talking about like um, you know at at practice, right? Uh, we were looking at some of the guys that are deeper on the roster, and one of the guys that that you know picked him off was Trey Walker. Uh, mm. So that wasn't uh, you know that wasn't good. Uh, you know, I mean, again, like you said, you know, you live with some of these mistakes. He's a rookie. Veterans make mistakes. It's going to happen. Uh, but certainly I would agree with you that, you know, Taylor Heineke probably looked more like the number two. Uh, and Howell clearly, at least for one day, looked like number three. Now we'll see what happens the rest uh, of this week. Uh, David, I wanted to bridge off of that. 
um, and kind of go into a couple of the quick things with the wide receivers. Deami Brown was back at practice. You mentioned the throw from Wentz last week. We all know the hard hit, all that. So that was good. Now, what yeah. wasn't good is he dropped the pass that was basically dropped right in his breadbasket, tight coverage by William Jackson III, but it was a really good throw from Wentz. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing that stood out to me. And I know you were watching the wide receivers closely, and we did actually get to see Curtis Samuel participate mm -hmm. in the second team period after skipping the first, and we weren't even sure he was going to play. But you saw something – uh, out of the wide receiver group that I, I was interested in, if you could expand upon that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching, you know, some releases. And, and again, everybody has kind of their own football theology. And, and some people that I've read say that the release off the line of scrimmage is the most important thing that a wide receiver can mm -hmm. do. And in a game of inches and seconds and milliseconds, that release could be the difference between getting open or being covered, completing a pass or an interception. And, and there was just some some nuances there. Uh, Quez Ezard. Um, I hope I'm saying his, his full name correctly. Like he honestly is a guy, number 84, a guy who, who a lot of people probably aren't paying attention to might be a long shot to even make the roster. I'll say Chris, his release off the line of scrimmage is smooth. I mean, his, his, he's got his front leg firm, his back leg is kind of bent. He really doesn't have any waste of motion in there. As soon as the ball is snapped, he is pushing off that back leg, rolling off the front foot. And he is just into his motion. Uh, his, his cuts are clean. He doesn't lose a lot of acceleration. I see him setting up defenders. Not getting a lot of targets out there, you know what I mean? But when he's running out there in the open field, he is taking defenders with him. That's going to open up things. Uh, I saw a nice pass, actually. I can't remember which uh, exact team, quote-unquote, that it was, but it was Cole Turner making the catch. He's done some second-team uh, stuff as well. And 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 Ezard actually ran through that zone and cleared out two defenders with his route running, and Cole Turner ends up finding himself by himself about five, six yards off the line of scrimmage. Um, something that I saw in, in first-round pick Jahan Dotson, and again, it's – as of right now, it's kind of one of those things where it's it's a thing you notice, but it's not a thing that's a problem. He seems to have a little bit of a wasted kind of emotion when the ball is snapped. Instead of kind of rolling off that back or pushing off that back foot, rolling off the front foot, he kind of does a little stutter step and and, and not just impress. I mean, impress you got to come to balance and all that. We understand that, but even when he's in off coverage or facing off coverage, he kind of has this little stutter to his get off that kind of slows him down off the line of scrimmage. Now, fortunately for him, and Cam Curl talked about this a little bit today after or on Tuesday after practice as well. Uh, his speed and acceleration into and through his routes makes up for it. But you just kind of wonder if that stutter step gets met with press coverage and, and, or gets met with an aggressive defender who can also knock him off his routes. How much does that impact things moving down the line? Yeah, no doubt about it. One other quick note that uh, we wanted to point out, Logan Thomas is obviously not able to participate in any of the team drills. He's out there. David, I love talking to him. I don't know how you feel. I, I think he's so smart and cool and, and, and just um, – uh, yeah. just really fun to talk to. But he said, look, I'm shooting for week one, yeah. but I'm not going to be reckless about it. If he's not ready, if he right. doesn't feel right, they're not going to over push it. And the one quote that I love that he said, and I know you also tweeted about it too, at D Harrison 82, I'm at, at WrestleMania 61, is he said, John Bates is a 10-year mm -hmm. vet in a two-year yeah. veteran's body. Yeah. I love that quote. Uh, it just tells you what they think of John Bates, yeah. uh, especially inside the position group. Absolutely. I mean, most impressive member of the rookie class last year, you know, according, you know, to me anyway. Um, and, and he's looked very, very good. I uh, had a very nice catch today as well during team drills. He's looked really good in camp along with Cole Turner. I mean, Logan Todd, like, I mean, they, they've got, they've got tight ends. Like this team has tight ends. You don't got to worry about that. They may not have enough bodies to get through a full camp if an injury comes up, but we'll see uh, where we are in August uh, as training camp commences. All right. 
Coming up next, again, David and I with some thoughts on the defense and who we heard from on Tuesday. But first, we'll tell you about Built Bar. That's right. You know our friends at Built are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, guys, here's something truly cool. They've outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. That's right. For the first time ever, Built is introducing their new mud pie flavor in both mud pie bar and, you got it, the mud pie puffs. Oh, not sure what a mud pie puff tastes like or a bar? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you'd better prepare yourself. The new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream chocolate mousse smothered in 100% chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. Oh, it sounds so good. I can't wait to get my hands on them. You got to try the mud pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry because the mud pie bar and the mud pie puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com right now to taste it all for yourself. Low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein. You know the deal. It's all from our friends at Built. Try the mud pie mud pie bars and the mud pie puffs and everything else that built has waiting for you at built.com by using the promo code locked 15 and you're going to get 15% off your order again promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Final segment here for Locked On Commanders on today's episode. Commanders fans, if you love our podcast, you'll love this even more. Now you can watch the Locked On Commanders podcast on the WUSA 9 Plus app. WUSA 9, your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. Our partner over at Tegna has a new stream app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Download WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. Very excited for what's happening around the network and there with WUSA 9. Chris, mm -hmm. uh, someone else who's very excited, Jamin Davis. Humbled by his first season is what he, he called his first season, rookie season, a humbling experience. That's a quote from Jamin Davis. Said, look, there's nothing I can do about that now. And now I'm paraphrasing, but nothing I can do about that now. Just got to learn from it. Take it says he's playing faster. He's playing with more confidence. Uh, I won't say fully admitted that, you know, not having to worry about trying to compete to be the mic and call the plays and set the defense is helping him, but kind of admitted that, you know, not having to set the plays and having Cole Holcomb next to him is making his life easier. Uh, but it's it that doesn't mean it's all, you know, rainbows and, and butterflies for Jamin Davis. Still some things he's got to work out on the field. Yeah, no, and and listen, just because it didn't work out at Mike this past year doesn't mean he can never do it or he'll never be able to do it. And he admitted, like you said, he's thinking less and reacting and playing more. And that's what you hear from players as they go through their career. Uh, we heard it from I think Diami Brown as well on on Tuesday. You think less, you're 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 more free flowing. Again, you don't want to be reckless, 
but you just know more. And and Cam Curl also, I think, mentioned the same thing. You yep. know more, you think less, you operate faster, smoother, all of that stuff. Uh, one play that jumped out to me, and I hate to you know to be negative, but I was right there watching it, uh, and I think I had maybe a slightly better view than you, but you were mm -hmm. like right there uh, with me. So I'm not sure what you saw on the play, but Jamin Davis was lined up on the right edge of the defense over J.D. McKissick, who had split out from the backfield to almost line up in almost like a tight end type split. And he was on the left. And, J and, and J.D. McKissick off the snap, David, broke from the left side of the formation to the right side of the formation, almost in a shallow drag cross type route. Mm -hmm. And Jamin Davis, I think, took a false step, maybe to the, the, his right and to the outside off the line of scrimmage. So JD beat him easily, quickly, cleanly. And then when Jamin quickly recovered, he got picked by an underneath linebacker and he oh. couldn't get to JD McKissick, who he was in man coverage for. And obviously JD made the catch. Who knows how many yards it would have gone for? Maybe it's insignificant, but to me, it just showed that, you know, look, he might be playing freer and he might be more, uh, I guess, um, ready to contribute on a consistent basis. But he's right. still got a ways to go. And, oh, by the way, if J.D. McKissa can do that, you know, so can a bunch of other very talented backs or or, or people of that ability can okay. do that. So that's one thing to keep an eye on as J as, as Jamin Davis kind of makes his, his, his step and, and, and takes a step, hopefully, in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's good to put those things on film again in practices and training camps because you can look at them, you can go over them with your coach. And you can and you can come out there and do it better. Hopefully next time. Um, heard on that play from the offensive side of uh, the uh, the the peanut gallery, the people standing around waiting for their reps. Uh, got him is is basically what was said before JD McKissick got that ball. All right, I so, didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, very so good play good. by JD on that one. Uh, Chris uh, back on the field for the entire practice. Deron Payne, who had been there in OTAs, warming up, doing some individual stuff, but then he would leave for team. Uh, activities again he's seeking a new contract as well denied uh the opportunity to really tell us how those negotiations were going basically really every question he was asked uh he was asked about his thoughts on jack del rio of course he was asked about his contract he was asked about everything basically what deron payne said is i play football that's what yeah. i do i'm here to play football you could tell deron really didn't want to be there but he's kind of his kind of you know he didn't say he was only there so he didn't get fined but you can tell he really wasn't feeling it and look i don't necessarily blame these guys if they don't want to talk to us all the time um, a little bit different than Cam Curl, Chris, who one of my favorite moments of the press conference. I don't know if everybody agrees, but Cam Curl basically, again, saying that he he liked to keep internal conversations internal, was asked why. And he and he said, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he said because the media twists things or, or put, likes to spin things. Uh, we all laughed. I don't know if all of us laughed out of actual uh, being being uh, being humored, but. I, I found it funny. Yeah, it was uh, by far my most popular tweet of the day because <laughs> I, I think the fans, unfortunately and unfairly, quite honestly, hate the media uh, and blame us it's a okay. lot for a lot of the the stuff that goes around on this organization. And I think that's, you know, I, I, I think that's beyond unfair because we don't create any of it. Um, we might yeah. have to talk about it. We might have to cover it. We might have to ask questions about it, but we don't start it. We don't ignite uh, the fire. So uh, I'll respectfully disagree uh, with Cam Curl on a lot of that stuff, especially when it comes to the Washington Commanders media mm. uh, and the Washington, D.C. media. That being said, I want to go back to Deron Payne for a second mm -hmm. on one play. David, I mean, listen, we know how talented he is. On one play, 
he took on what appeared to be a triple team, a converging triple team of protection and shredded them. And he got through and pushed them back. So to me, Deron Payne's still like a bull in a china shop. When he's fresh, when he's ready, when he wants to be in the backfield, he absolutely can be. So uh, those were a couple of the things that we saw uh, from the defensive side. We'll have more coverage for you on both sides of the ball uh, coming up Wednesday and Thursday from the Inova Sports Performance Center. All right. We want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Come on back again for that next episode. Again, we will be uh, boots on the ground in Ashburn, Virginia with the Washington Commanders. Now make your second listen and view the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Follow Locked on NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. You want to hop in? 301-615-3577 on the voicemail line or Locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us today, Commanders fans. Thanks again for joining us. We're free and available on all platforms. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders, for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.